Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below if you really like our podcast make sure you hit the little bell Jeremy, welcome to the show. You know, it's exciting to get have you on here. You know, our, our, uh, anytime I get to talk about robots in construction, I get all excited. And uh, when Eric and Megan brought this into me, I was like, I, I got to see this. You know, it's the future of our game. And uh, it, it really does uh, make it fun to talk about. So, uh, Jeremy, welcome. I'm, I'm glad to have you. Thanks, Anthony. I'm glad to talk about it. I, I certainly uh, enjoy talking about robots. Uh, and have for uh, 20 some years and, uh, you know, can't, can't be happier to be on here. That's cool. You know, uh, how did you, uh, how did you get into robots? It's, it's, uh, when you go back, uh, you know, where, 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 what was the spark of, uh, of robotics in your life? Well, yeah, if you, if you think about it, robots, you know, 20 years ago or 25 years ago, uh, really wasn't a thing. It wasn't, uh, a, a real industry and it was mostly things that were inside of academics so you know i went to uh, undergraduate at the united states naval academy in annapolis uh, and i was in the systems engineering department focusing on robotics and controls and and i really fell in love with machines or systems that were able to do things by themselves i, I remember uh, doing a, a lab one one week where we had a small little uh, robot or device that was following light, a flashlight. So we could move the flashlight around and, and it would just follow it. And I found myself being fascinated by this intelligent little device or system or thing. And, and I thought that was really cool. And so I went with that and, and I had the uh, fortunate ability from the Naval Academy to, to work at uh, NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center, which is in Maryland. Uh, and work on some new concepts for Mars Rover Technologies. I worked with a, a great engineer there, and uh, I got to go travel to NASA every Friday during my senior year in college and just work with great engineers and 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 brainstorm and think about the next concepts for for you know planetary uh, uh, research and and rover technology. So it was really cool and a lot of fun, and uh, I had the the fortunate opportunity for the Navy to send me straight to graduate school. Uh, so I got sent to Carnegie Mellon University, which at the time is the only robotics degree program uh, in the world, and certainly was the best place to go for robotics. So I felt fortunate to, to get accepted and, and fortunate that the Navy you know, gave me the time to, to go get my, my graduate degree. Um, and so while I was there at Carnegie Mellon in the early 2000s, uh, it was just really an exciting time uh, for robotics. You know, it wasn't commercial yet, but we were doing the, what the government had called the grand challenges. There was the, the great desert race of autonomous vehicles. Uh, and there was a lot of government research and military research around how robots will be used in the future. And me and my classmates just got to live through it and really build a great base on, on what the future may look like. Uh, so when I was there, uh, and when I was there with a lot of great other students who are now founders and executives of, of other robotics companies uh, around the around the world, 
uh, we were really convinced. I think we were all convinced at that time, 20 years ago, that what's happening today uh, was going to happen. We just didn't know when. Was it going to be five years, 10 years, 20, 50 years? We didn't know when in the future, but we knew that the power of robots and artificial intelligence was going to change the world someday. And, and uh, I was convinced and couldn't wait to, to, uh, to get back to that. So that's the, you know, the quick summary on, on why I, I truly do love robots. You know, for sure, robots are going to change the world. You know, as we start to enter this uh, this new world, you know, with labor shortages, you know, across, you know, not just across uh, the construction field, the brands that we work for, the brands that uh, we're building, uh, you know, they're all looking for ways to get you know automated. Uh, you know, there's, there's certain parts of the uh, jobs that are, you know, uh, really unsafe. You know, here I, I'm lucky. I get to talk to all kinds of robotic people. And you know, I was talking to a guy the other day about robots that climb walls and you're, and you're looking at it going, ha, you know, uh, think about how unsafe that was at one, one point where, you know, people had to get up on top of a cherry picker and, and get way up there in places where it was difficult to do, uh, you know, you're swinging and you're moving and, and you're up, out in uh, areas and trains where there's bridges. And, you know, just the fact that there's a bridge there means it's, it's traversing something dangerous underneath it. And, uh, you know, now you have to do an inspection of the pylons or the places. Now you've got this, this vehicle or these items that can literally climb the, climb the pilings and check for cracks and do visual inspections. And, you know, that's a field that, you know, nobody would have imagined a robot would be great in, you know, uh, uh, spots as we start to look at uh, the places that we create these robots. And, and what's great is advanced construction robotics as you guys have really started to find places in, in parts of the construction field that are just repetitive and tedious. And, and it takes a lot of that back bending I mean, I, I, you know, uh, you guys have a robot that does, you know, uh, ties a, a rebar together. That's the, the most uh, repetitive, strenuous job on any road on road crews that are out there. That's right. I agree. You know, it's, it, it's fun to find ways to, you know, it, it looks, so it becomes an easy place to go, all right, look, we're going to enter here. Now, as you start to, you know, solve for that problem, Right. And, uh, you know, you, you, you come together. How did you get into this group? How did you get into advanced construction robotics? Well, so, you know, you, prior to this job, I was working at Carnegie Mellon University, uh, working on uh, various types of autonomous vehicles. We did, you know, I did autonomous convoying operations for um, uh, the military, uh, did an autonomous helicopter uh, for, for the army and uh, also actually worked on the first ever autonomous naval ship, um, which they are taking forward into true operations in these days. So it was very fulfilling to do that. Um, but, you know, we really focused at a university level on, you know, basic and applied research. So you really didn't have the chance to take it all the way to a product. So I was very excited about, you know, taking this technology, making it a product, and really providing real value to customers so that I could look back and it's just a great sense of satisfaction when you know that you, you made something that's useful for the world and that will, that will change it. So, so when I was, had that in mind, I, I happened to um, meet my co-founder. Uh, his name is Stephen Mock. He's also the CEO and chairman of uh, Brayman Construction Corporation, which is a heavy civil general contractor in the mid-Atlantic region. Uh, and he shared a vision with me that we really knew or are convinced that 
robots and artificial intelligence were really going to change construction for the better in the future. So, so I met him, and as I did my research, my due diligence to decide what industry to go into, I, I looked at construction, and, and it was not that hard to find the true, deep, long-rooted issues around labor shortage. You know, for 15 years now, the construction industry has been at a significant labor shortage and as we know today we can't we can't uh, go to our rest our local favorite favorite restaurant without waiting a long time because they're short staff so the labor shortage problem is is growing uh and, and another statistic that that really struck me was you know i read some articles and, and the wall street journal had a great article about um five years ago at this point but the productivity rate or, or the, the value created per employee for the construction industry is actually one of the lowest and is decreasing. Every other industry is increasing, but construction is decreasing. And that was surprising to me, but it makes sense that the, you know, the workers are, are getting older and there's just the not enough younger workers um, choosing to go into construction. So I just thought it was a, a great and perfect industry to bring this technology that's ready for real time uh, to the new industry. And, and there wasn't a lot of players five years ago in construction robots. So I felt like I could really make an impact and not just me, you know, my co-founder and the entire team that we brought on board, you know, we're really focused on, on um, doing this the right way and, and making the positive change for the industry. You know, as as you look at uh, you know solving the problem of labor and shortages, you know it it uh, it's for sure that the difficult part about our business is that everybody kind of rushed off to the tech world, right? All these young young uh, you know young people ran off to the tech world, and everybody you know kind of left construction in the dust. And same with same with the restaurant world, right? They lost even after this pandemic, they lost a, a big chunk of their labor force. And people were like, "Hey, look, we just don't feel like going back to to doing that." It's really, I mean, our business, a construction business, is tough work, right? I mean, it's good, solid, honest work, but you know, we're losing we're losing that next generation of people to come in it. And you know, as we start to look at the way to do it, they don't want to do it the way their fathers did it or their grandfathers did it. They they're looking for new, uh, in, in new ways of of modern ways of looking at construction in a whole other light. So that uh, and and that's where I think what's exciting is as we look at robotics and AI and technology, construction has the biggest opportunity, right? It it now takes uh, you know this archaic business of ours that uh, has been primitive. Uh, you know, now we have the opportunity to use all these advances that have happened in all the other industries, in the financial world, in the medical world. Now we're starting to apply these to our business, and there, there's never been more opportunities ever than, than now to be in the construction world and bring some great new blood to it. And uh, where that's going to go, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think we can start to be predicted, uh, but it, it's kind of fun to watch, you know, your advancement, uh, you know, with this product and sort of bring the team together. Uh, you know, I, I bet you've got a lot of young people that are excited about being part of the robotics team. Of course, and, and it's, you know, it's not just the engineers, and we have a great group of engineers who, who I've worked with in the past, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're used to creating these, these autonomous robots, but, you know, we have civil engineers as well, right? We're working in the heavy, heavy civil in industry, and it's really important how we think about, we call it the dance, right? You know, how do you actually use this robot and the crew that goes with it, with the existing crew to, to make a 
overall positive increase in productivity and safety. So, you know, there's more to it than just um, the engineering side of things. And we have, um, you know, robot supervisors. So we have uh, technician uh, folks uh, who go with our robots to the job site, and they're the ones that supervise it. You know, much like a, a foreman supervises a crew, you know, we have a supervisors that, that supervise uh, the robots at the job site to make sure they got what they need. You know, what, what are they gonna do next? They feed them the wire, they give them gasoline. If there's an issue, they, trouble, they troubleshoot it. And that's not a position that's gonna go away. Um, and so, you know, of course the robots are, are, are doing more work but it's, it's, there's a new opportunity now for a new job position that's never really existed before. I always like to say, you know, in, in the industrial revolution of, of uh, the 1900s, when electricity and combustion engines came to fruition, that created the job of an electrician and the job of a mechanic. Those, those positions never existed before, right? Uh, so that same progression is happening today. You know, these robots, although they're autonomous, are still going to need people and workers, higher skilled workers, to continue to work with them to get the most out of them. Sure, they can do things by themselves, but if you if you team them with the smarts of a worker, you can get even more out of them. So that's a position that's brand new. I think we're kind of leading the way in in that, and you know, we're really looking in the future to not only train our staff to do that, but we're looking at um, training uh, the general contractors out there, as well as getting that sort of education into the trade schools. Um, and I think uh, folks who normally go to college because they think it have to will be much more excited about trade school because we need the trades. We all know we need the trades. Uh, and that's uh, part of the reason why uh, the uh, worker shortage is a, is a problem right now. You know, my, my son is in a trade, right? Uh, he's in the automotive trade. He, I have one son in the, in the construction world, one, one son in the automotive trade. And I was so impressed, you know, when, when they're looking at, this isn't like working on cars when I was a kid. I mean, it, it, they're, today they're, they're, you know, they're, they're wearing, uh, they've, they've got technology. They're all inside of these things with all kinds of computers. Uh, you know, my, my son got it up inside of uh, one of our Suburbans and, and he, and he jumps into the, into the engine bay with, with, uh, with both, both feet in the bay and he jumps up inside there and he's got a laptop and I'm like, holy cow, you know, you know, it wasn't just a wrench anymore that today that technician walks in there, you know, he, he loves cars. I mean, that's all he does is watch cars all day long. He's car videos, car stuff. He just loves, you know, loves cars, but you know, today's tech and, and today, same thing in the field and construction, you know, if, uh, you know, 10 years ago, you said to me, every superintendent has to have a laptop. It was tough. It was like pulling teeth 10 years ago, you go 15 years ago. And they were like, no way there might be one or two of them that could do it. And then all of a sudden today, imagine if I walked out to the field and took every one of their computers, they'd all revolt, right? You know, the, uh, today the technology is, is, is here, it's growing. And it's one of those things where I say to construction companies every day, literally every day when we talk, if you're not embracing the change, if your teams aren't starting there, if you're not working that way, if developers that I'm working with, Anthony, why do I need, why do I need to look at uh, digital footprints of my of my buildings? Why do I, why do I need to do that, Anthony? Why can't I just get cheap drawings done and do? Listen, the wave of the future will require us to build faster. It will require us to build smarter. Start heading in that direction because if you don't start now, the learning curve later on is going to take you out. 
right? The, the, the jump that it's going to take to get from not doing something small steps today, right? Start working with robotics, start working with our, our AI, start working with digital uh, plans, start working with the, uh, you know, the stuff that uh, will create the workflows of the future. You're, you're, you're going to be left in the dust and you're going to be outdated and you're going to be outclassed by the people who are, who are, you know, coming at us uh, pretty quickly. That's right. I mean, I, I, Fullheartedly agree that, you know, it's during this transition phase, right? Even the, you know, I mean, before robotics is, you know, coming forward here, there's all of the digital twin and, and project management software out there that helps you get better. And, you know, people who didn't implement that years ago, right, are falling behind those who have it in, in you know, in operations now. So the same thing is going to be true. It's, you know, your, your company uh, needs to get used to. Uh, running robots because they're not going to go away. Not only are they not going to go away in construction, every single other industry out there, it's going to accelerate it, which really makes it a, you know, a true, true revolution. But during this transition period, while, while robots um, are still new, you know, players who, who may not be the market leader or players who, you know, say for us are, you know, may do uh, uh, concrete finishing, but don't actually do rebar installation. They have the opportunity to jump into new markets or expand their business by using the increased productivity or the increased schedule savings to just bid more work, right? You have the opportunity to grow your business like, like you haven't done before. And that opportunity will disappear once, you know, once these products become commonplace. Well, and, and not just that, it also increases your workforce. I mean, using robotic technology like you're, you're doing, now you, you, you don't have to be a, a, a man to go out there and, and, and do it. You, you might be a female who does it, who's, uh, or, or someone that's not uh, from the construction world. Today, that technician doesn't necessarily have to grow up in a, uh, in a, in a uh, uh, you know, have grown up in there. They also may be older, right? You, you, you can pull from an older workforce. You might pull from a younger workforce. It now increases the size of the workforce because the requirement of knowledge, the experience level is less because a lot of the work that's getting done, it's getting done robotically, right? Now it's just a matter of understanding how to monitor and adjust and get training on the robotic systems. I think that as we look forward, that work pool, you know, someone that might not have been, you know, working on a, on a, on a, uh, a highway construction product project is now has an opportunity to work in that project because they're focused on the robotic technology part. They become a tech and in that tech that's, that's absolutely needed, you know, and, and, and starts to work on the, the workflow itself. Right. I think that's the, the part that people aren't understanding is that in order for us to go to a complete uh, robotics to, to get there, the, your company workflows have to change, right. The way that they, the way that they, they set up a project, the way, for, for the, way the way they draw a project, right. The way they, it gets drawn, Right, the way that it gets uh, implemented in the field, the way they order and deliver materials, all those things are going to start to change as we bring in more and more automated right, systems. Right. Yeah, I, I I often talk about that because you know the way the way I think to think about it is that you know we've been focused today on building products and product lines that fit into the current operations of construction. Why? Because that's you know an easier step for them to not change their construction and just like we have for our rebar tying robot, they do it the same way, but now a robot can do the bulk tying so that the workers can do the higher value, higher skilled tasks and not have to bend over every day 
just tying rebar together, which is a really a really difficult job. Um, so, and, and as that progresses, uh, they'll be able to uh, you know just continue to to um, you know be safer and get more work done. Well, and, and I think as you look at it, so let's get into your product real quick. So the uh, TieBot, which by the way, I'll have a link down below uh, so you guys can watch it. It's amazing, right? It's this, it's a bot that uh, hangs over on a, on, a, on a gantry system, right? And uh, it, 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 we uh, put a gantry system over top of, now that can be over uh, one lane, two lane, five lane. What's the, give me, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the robot itself. So it, it's a, it's a, it, it ties a rebar, which, as a pretty labor intensive uh, process. So let's, let's kind of go through the robot and uh, what it does. Yeah, so, so in, in, you know, make the assumption here, we, we, the audience doesn't know how reinforced concrete gets built, but you know, when you're doing reinforced concrete, uh, you have these large long bars called rebar uh, and uh, you place them in a grid pattern on the ground. And that could be for really anything that has reinforced concrete. We started with bridges, but you're talking buildings, you're talking high rises, you're talking airports, uh, anywhere uh, where you have to have reinforced concrete. So you place the rebar down, uh, which creates uh, thousands to millions of individual ties, which is where the bars cross each other. And before you pour the concrete, those intersections have to be tied together for the sole purpose that they do not move out of the way when the concrete gets poured. Because if they move out of the way, then the structural integrity or the design of the reinforced concrete gets, gets compromised. So the, so the state of the art now is, is there are workers who spend uh, you know, eight, 10 hours a day, sometimes seven days a week or six days a week uh, for weeks to months at a time uh, bent over using a reel of wire with pliers uh, and twisting wire around those intersections to tie them together. That's the most common method to do it. There's also um, tie guns or, or little hand tools that you stick on the intersection and pull a trigger uh, and, uh, and twist it around the, the intersection, which is certainly uh, helpful uh, that not using it, but uh, still has the limitations of, of, of a one person bending over or moving up and down over a difficult terrain to get it done. So we thought that was a, a great uh, first avenue to go into because it's high high labor hours, often can be a critical bath activity. And, and frankly, uh, if you ask the workers who do this, they would really rather be doing something else than bending over all day, tying rebar. There is plenty of other work to be done in that construction site operations that uh, they can go do that, and 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 so we have a a robot. Uh, we named it Tiebot, uh, which is an autonomous rebar tying robot. It's gantry based system, uh, which we did make configurable. Uh, it's very similar looking to. Uh, there are currently uh, uh, concrete finishing machines that are gantry systems for bridges. They run on this this rail system called the screed rail. Uh, and that's the same rail system that we use so that it, at least on bridges, it fits you know, exactly into the current operations and uh, it can fit. Uh, so basically we get to the site uh, through a, a 40 foot trailer uh, pulled by a F-250. You know, we don't need a CDL driver because uh, it fits under the, the weight requirements and uh, it takes one, three hours to put together for a for depending on the width, because we can uh, go very small for, you know, one lane, you know, 
between you know 20 feet to all the way out to 117 feet wide. So you can imagine how that looks. And and I think people hear the word robot and they have the wrong picture in their head, right? This is an is this this is a machine that just happens to be really really smart. And when you look at it, you would not know it's a robot, except when you uh, it starts operating and it sees the rebar and sees the intersections and starts tying. And then you can see the robot operator is not doing anything. And then you're, then you can say, wow, uh, that, that, that machine is, is doing all the work by itself. Well, and I think that that's, what's kind of cool, right? So you've got this gantry system that uh, you're currently using for the rebar uh, for the tie pod. I know you guys are also working on another one for 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 uh, uh, for Irod, right? Another another robot called Irod, right? Yeah, yeah. We have our our second product called Ironbot, um, which is you know a rebar lifting, carrying, and placing robot. Because, as you can imagine, as we're at job sites and and tying the rebar together, uh, the current working staff says this is this is great. But when are you going to make the robot to? carry the rebar because the current state of the art is, is you have, you know, three to six people who stand next to each other. They bend over, they pick up, you know, a bar per person plus, plus one for the company uh, and put it on their shoulders. And they literally hump it sometimes hundreds of feet from where the, the stack of rebar is to the, to the location where they're placing it. And then they in synchronous bend over and, hold the rebar with one hand and, and then pull out a single bar uh, with their other hand. And it's, you know, it's, it's dangerous and, and very, you know, physically demanding work. So, you know, our next product will carry the rebar by itself. Uh, we'll have up to 5,000 pound bundles that the uh, robot will carry and it will place it according to uh, the spacing that's required. And then of course, TieBot will follow right behind it and, and tie it together, which you know, if you look at the most difficult, time-consuming and strenuous work for rebar installation, uh, both of these robots working as a team together along with the existing crew uh, is going to kill it. Uh, the productivity rates are through the roof. And by the way, workers uh, who have been doing this are, are going to extend their careers. I mean, it's a foregone conclusion that the end of uh uh, the rod busters and iron workers careers that their backs are, are in bad shape from from this this difficult labor yeah our, our business is not an easy one right it, it's not it's labor intensive it's difficult it's unsafe we're working in very difficult environments uh you know just uh, oftentimes they're they're you know out in places where it's hard to get to so you know from here you know you can really see that the system you guys created uh, you know, as it, as you kind of project it, you know, in the future, you, you can really continue to see the evolution of what the, what this gantry system could hold on to, right? From the way that it finishes, the way that it pours, the way that uh, the the entire process. And uh, I think that there's some there's some neat. Uh, uh, you, you know, you start with one, and as you solve the problem for one, I, I to me the, the belief is that uh, once you start inventing things, you know the you know you're in that mindset you start to really create other ideas, right? And you continue to, you know, you, as a company, your, your excitement level uh, continues to develop and you guys really do become creators. You know, all the brands that I, that I see, all the guys that I see that are out there working on, on different robotic systems, it seems to me that like you guys keep uh, getting smarter, you keep finding more problems to solve uh, with the same system. 
and ultimately makes the process that much faster. You're, you're, you're right on. I mean, that, and that is not only true, that is, you know, a, a uh, critical part in, you know, active decision on, on how we, we run the company. So, you know, we started in these markets and with these two products, uh, not only to, to make a difference, but also to, uh, you know, go down the line of creating our, our standard intellectual property, you know, our software and our designs that we're going to replicate um, as we move forward to solve uh, more problems. So, you know, as we, as we progress to the next products, you know, our software infrastructure is already in place, you know, our basic designs are in place and we have a great team. We have, uh, like I said, civil engineers, we have technicians who are out there doing the job. We have our sales staff, we have our marketing staff. All of them are, are uh, uh, there to provide feedback from the industry, right? So we're not just static. We're not just assuming we know what we're doing. We make multiple um, changes to the machine as we get feedback from the industry and, uh, you know, continue to adjust not just the current products, but also the product lines uh, to really be most useful to the industry. You know, it's, that's the fun part, right? You're, you're helping the industry, you're changing it. You know, oftentimes I hear people say, well, no way you can't, you're not going to be able to do that. The, the, the field won't allow you to do it. They're not, they're not going to allow you to create this and you're going to take their jobs. I'm telling you, every time I have this conversation, look, there are, no matter what you build in life, there's always going to be a couple of guys that are, uh, you know, they're, they're the Uber drivers. Uh, they're the tech, the traffic, you know, the uh, taxi drivers uh, to Uber, right? I always right. use I mean, they're 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 going to hold on to their shield and like I know I spent three hundred thousand dollars on this shield and I'm never letting go of it. And you're like, dude, there's a, your house. Uh, uh, there's a a father who just dropped his kids off at school today and he's making the same amount of money you are. Uh, you know, picking people up and dropping people off with uh, software. And you're, you know, you that's a sunken cost of an old business. It's time to evolve, right? If we if we move forward or if we stop growing because we're afraid that someone's going to have a job that they're outclassed for by a machine, that that's a part that always makes me laugh, laugh inside. It's like really, we're really we're not going to advance because we're worried about somebody having a really dangerous job, afraid to change, hmm. and. Uh, that you know, and I always feel like we had to tiptoe around that conversation, and or 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 are people going to sabotage? Right. They're going to sabotage our work, and uh, I I I feel like that's a silly place to be when we're developing stuff. Yeah, I, I always describe it this way: is is that uh, you know, sometime in the 1900s, right? There, there, when you're digging a foundation for for a new house or new building, you know, you had the crew with shovels and buckets, you know, digging the hole, right? And I'm sure at some point there was a project manager who had to make a decision. So do I continue to use the crew with the buckets or do I shift and use the steam shovel or the excavator, right? And I'm sure it was a difficult decision back then because, well, what are we going to do with the people? But, you know, there's not a project manager today, right, who would even think about that decision, right? So yes, it is evolution. Yes, it is, a, is it a shift of responsibilities. I've not met a single contractor who is, uh, you know, using our robots that let go of people. There is too much work to be done. Uh, and they use their people to do the higher skilled work while we do the mundane work. And guess what? They get the job quicker and they can move on to the next job. And as they do that, and they get more confidence with 
the combination of the workers and the robots that can just bid more work and grow their business. Um, their profit, you know, their profits are just going to increase by by being able to, you know, use the combination of technology and the existing workers. If you look at our entire society, it's based on advanced technology. I, I look, I'm for sure my life is no easier than my father's was. I, I you know, and no easier than my grandfather's were. Maybe I do less physical work, but I still go a hundred times faster than they are, right? The, the technology in my life has allowed me, I, I don't know it's made it easier. I, I just know it's made it a lot faster. But truth is, I've also been able to increase my income, right? And I think that's the same thing that happens with all these companies that I'm not sure that uh, you're, you're going to get less. It's going to get less. You're, you're exactly right. Now companies can do a lot more work at a lot more competitive price and the margins become a lot better, right? You're, you're taking a lot of the, the stuff that wasn't working, the, the labor intensive, low paying, uh, you know, you know, co very costly uh, work. You're making that uh, automated you're making that whole system work even better. Now that company can go out there, pick up more work, right? Do it faster with less impact on the employee. And I, I'm not sure that their lives will ever get slower. I'm not, I'm not saying that's going to happen because I, I really do believe that technologies have made our lives a lot faster, right? It's, it's, it's always been fast. I mean, look, I, my, my grandfather was a carpenter. If you just take, if, if he jumped into, into 2022 today, just having his job and having a cell phone in his pocket would have doubled the amount of work he does. I mean, my grandmother could have got a hold of him a hundred times a day or, you know, the, the supply house and the thing, you know, back then you did one thing a day and, but technology's jumped in and now I can do multiple things. I can be bidding projects. I can be on a job site. I can, I can talk to the supply house. Uh, those weren't things that were possible back in my grandfather's day. That just the, you, you either were at the supply house or you were at a job site or you were at your house uh, you know, it, it was difficult uh, to communicate uh, the same. So I, I think it's going to be faster no matter what we do, right? We, we've got, uh, and, and but ultimately the margins will be better. Uh, our society will increase. If you look around our society, we certainly have had the benefits of technology. If you just look around and the amount of people that are doing okay, right? I mean, not, not, not everybody's doing perfect, but look, our lives are, are getting better. We're getting smarter. People are living longer. Uh, technology has made a positive impact. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes I feel like, you know, I want to go back to the to the early days when things were simpler. It just, you know, then I think about it out, out, you know, I think about to myself, I'm like, yeah, back when people lived until they were 35 years old. And, you know, that, that doesn't make much sense. And people went home from job sites dead, right? Um, people died every day on job sites, right? Because job site safety was there. Our people go home and we really work hard on, on safety and security and technology to make our people's lives faster and smarter. If you, if you look at it really faster, safer are our mantras every day. And that's where products like yours dramatically change that. I mean, being bent over tying wire on rebar is not an inspiring job. Now you've got a robot that does that. It does it really, really well. It does it consistently, right? It becomes a, 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 a a force to reckon with and now i can do a higher smarter position on, on the on the job site you know i think it's interesting to uh to look at uh your path right and as you start to look forward from here where what are you what are you seeing in the future what's uh what, what do you what's kind of your your vision of where you're going if you were to predict today if, if so so if you, if you watch this in 30 years what what would you what was your vision of 30 years from now be yeah, and we have a, a vision for ourselves and, you know, I have a vision where we fit into, you know, the, the sort of the rest of the world. I mean, fundamentally, I think we are, 
uh, in the beginning stages, early stages of a, of a new in industrial revolution uh, centered around robotics and artificial intelligence. I mean, the way businesses were done in the past, uh, you'll add robotics and, and AI to it, uh, and you'll be able to do the same job quicker, smarter, faster, cheaper, uh, and and it'll completely change in which those those businesses operate. So you know we're we're fortunate to be sort of uh, you know one of the leaders in in doing that in the construction industry. But I got a lot of friends who are doing it in every other industry. Agriculture is another one that's coming very very quick, very very rapidly uh, in 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 that direction. So you know. I certainly see a future for construction of a site that's gonna have a, a lot of robots and still a lot of workers. There is not gonna be a construction site that's fully autonomous with just just robots. That's that's a silly decision uh, just from a technical perspective. Hey, I'm a, I'm a robot guy. And you know, there's always gonna be parts of a construction operation that are just too difficult or take too much effort for a robot to do. And the person's, the person or the worker, it's very easy for them to do. So, you know, I see a, a combination of robot supervisors uh, and the robots just getting the job done more consistently, reducing the schedule, the productivity rates being higher and being your fast faster. And, you know, let us not forget about safety. It's just going to be safer. You have less exposure to the more difficult aspects because, Frankly, robots are better um, at the uh, the more the mundane, repetitive motion injury type 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 tasks out there. So so there's there's you know our path, of course, is to pick a market. Uh, Reinforced concrete is is our first one. Uh, make some products, uh, Tiebot and Ironbot being our first products, and 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 make them successful. Uh, inside of a, a, a beachhead market. So Bridges was our beachhead market. And now we're moving on to the, the, the follow-on markets. Uh, and of course, we will continue down that product line of, of uh, you know, helping reinforce concrete, but we're, we're game to go on. We're going to move on and, and really try to rapidly fill this gap because there's a true gap now between uh, what's the work available and the, the people available to do it. And I always say is, you know, you either got to convince more people to join the industry or you have to make a, a single worker more productive in order to fill the gap. And I'm not saying the workers aren't, uh, aren't fast enough. There's just not enough of them to get the demand done out there. And, and what I see is a progression of our products. And I see a progression of other companies out there doing and helping construction and in other industries. And, and the key uh, inflection point or when you can call, if you look at uh, disruption science, they talk about the S curve, and there's a there's an inflection point where where it rapidly accelerates, and then and then the old way is gone, and the new way is there. Is centered around, and you, and you mentioned it before, is that as the industry and any industry gains confidence in this new technology, uh, they'll then be willing to change their operations to fit robots. Right now. I'm changing robots to fit the current operations of construction because that's the best way to make an impact, be out there quickly, and have the barrier to, um, you know, adoption lower, right? But when, at the design level or at the very beginning level, you talk to me first and say, "Well, how best can I use even my robots today? Um, our our robots today uh, can be more efficient." If, if the general contractor or the subcontractor 
works with us and we have all the staff in 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 house here to help work with them to, to maximize the use of that robot. So when the in industry, not just construction, begins to adapt to the benefits of a robot, that's when the real disruption and change will occur in that industry. So I see that happening. I absolutely see that happening. I don't think this is a um, an if, this is a when, uh, and it's a it's really up to the to the industry on acceptance and, and, and really going with it, the early adopters and early majority to, to uh, uh, take on this new technology. I at least know that the, uh, the engineers and the entrepreneurs out there um, are gonna bring it and they're gonna keep bringing it for the years to come. I, I think you're right. I think guys like you are out there doing all kinds of cool stuff. And Jeremy, I got to tell you, I love it. I love where you guys are going with it. Uh, it like I said, it is my favorite topic to talk about. Uh, you and AI, robots and AI just uh, uh, really are making a difference in the world. And, and the future is going to be safer, smarter, better. And because of it, and uh, I am glad to get to have met you. Every time you guys do a release, Anytime you have a new product coming out, I want to make sure that uh, we get a chance to talk about it and, and show you off to the world. Uh, Jeremy, if, if you want to get a hold of you, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you and buy one of your cool machines, cool robots, and uh, uh, you know get on their on their uh, on their job sites? Great, yeah. The, the, just go to our website uh, www.constructionrobots.com. I'm so happy to to get that domain name. Uh, we have all the information there on. Uh, uh, you know, what the specifications of the robots are. And we have our jobs up there. You can go in and, and you know, prove to yourself that this is a real product and that we've done jobs. And we have them, those jobs we've done listed on the on the website and, and have them, uh, you know, continue to look out for our, uh, you can sign up for our email uh, chain and our, our social media is, is really active as well because, you know, we want to keep people informed as we're going and, and get them excited about the future. I love it, Jeremy. Thank you very much for your time. I am excited about showing off your product. Uh, folks, if you love the podcast today, take a second and just subscribe. And if you really love it, make sure that uh, you hit the little bell down there. Uh, it makes all the difference in the world to me and Eric and, and Megan and the crew over here that are doing the podcast. Uh, it just shows us that uh, uh, you guys are proud to be part of us and uh, we're grateful. Uh, look forward to having you on again, Jeremy. Thanks again. Great. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Monategi, always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.